You're listening to The Connected Care Team, the show where we bring you the stories of care team innovation from the people at the forefront of modern healthcare communication and collaboration. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of The Connected Care Team podcast. As always, I'm your host, Reagan Wynn, and today we're very excited to have Colin Hung, CMO and editor at Healthcare IT Today. Colin, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I I know you're one of our first outside of the Tiger Connect realm, right? Like we've interviewed uh, customers, we've interviewed other people on the team, but I really wanted to get as part of this show perspectives that aren't a little little bit farther out from home. So excited to have you here. And and I first thing I wanted to do for the listeners who don't know is have you tell us a little bit about yourself and healthcare IT today. Sure. Healthcare IT Today is a healthcare IT publication. We are online only, and we've been around for, oh gosh, over 15 years now. And we cover stories around uh, what's happening with healthcare technology, be that EHR software, be that you know RevCycle. Now we're talking about genomics and analytics and AI. We cover everything related to healthcare technology. And our audience is, is pretty much made up of vendors, made up of hospital IT people and made up of consultants and uh, government types. So it's really uh, just we cover the gamut and we in because of that, it puts us in contact with a lot of uh, vendors and it gives us a real perspective because we used to go to a lot of uh, conferences back when we were allowed to do those kinds of things. Yeah, that's definitely the reason we, we started the show. We used to do a lot of hymns is where I think we met face to face for the first time and also talking with customers at, at their facilities and their locations and everything's moved virtually. So we thought the podcast was the perfect time to keep those conversations going and keeping people connected virtually via the stories as well as via technology. With your perspective on your publication or, or via your publication, what is a uh, some of the technologies that you've seen that are really coming to the forefront in care, especially in the, in this COVID era and with phase two coming this fall, what are you seeing that really, where are you seeing that interest from the provider side and what vendors and what technologies they're looking at? Actually, ironically, we just finished doing a study of uh, 18 publications where we looked at what the trends were in terms of headlines and topics that were being covered. And no surprise, other than COVID, Telehealth emerged as one of the biggest, hottest topics that everyone's looking for, reading about, and wanting to find out more information on uh, because there has just been such a rush and a need to adopt that technology. So I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of what is telehealth? Should I implement telehealth? And that migrated quickly to how do I choose one? (laughs) How do I implement one? How do I fix one? (laughs) And now we're getting into more of, okay, like I implemented one, but now should I start looking at another one because it's not quite as highly integrated. It really doesn't do exactly what it needs to do. Maybe I knew I implemented a Band-Aid for now, but now I really want to do something that's more integrated with my workflow. But definitely I would say that telehealth is number one in terms of the hot topic of the moment. Everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to read more about that. Yeah, that's something that I think we saw. And and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, or I guess a second reason I wanted to have you on the show was the interview you did with Phil Leung from our product team around how we had to pivot for telehealth. And I do think a lot of solutions either got uh, their telehealth solution ramped up or pivoted so that it could be part of their offering maybe for health versus say a general market where they don't have to worry about HIPAA or that sort of thing. But one of the things that I thought that was really key that you just said was that telehealth, uh, 
everybody scrambled to get a solution and now they're starting to say, okay, I need one that has better integrations or that's easier to implement or, or that sort of thing. What sort of, not backlash, but what sort of, what is this broader thinking around that? Where, what are you seeing in those questions around implementations and integration? I think unlike what happened with the EHRs, I don't see a lot of people going, oh man, I made a complete mistake implementing this solution. Uh, because it, it filled the need at the moment. Like they wouldn't have been able to see patients otherwise. I think most of the tools that people implemented, although they might now realize it might not be what they will use forever, at least they go, it wasn't a waste of money and it wasn't a waste of time. I've learned, now I know what I need to really go after. But some of the questions that we're starting to see and hear from end users and we're also starting to see written about is really that whole thing around, okay, I implemented this to allow my patients to see my doctors, but now I need something that's more integrated with my workflow. I need something that has a better waiting room for people who come into the telehealth and my doctor's not ready yet. I, that wasn't something I thought of when I first looked at telehealth solutions. Do I even need video for everything? But telehealth is so broadly defined now. Can I get away with an asynchronous form of telehealth, right? Can I get away with text messaging? Is that what I really need? And so I think there's a broadening of, of what telehealth uh, solutions could be. And because of that, people are looking at the possibility or looking for solutions that are more integrated with other technologies that they've already invested in, namely, most prominently, the EHR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to that point, you said at the beginning of, of that section there that the EHR, yeah, we all know that's been a a bit of a sticking point for a lot of IT professionals. Sure. Where do you see the letdown there? Where do you see that where it failed? It was supposed to be this thing that fixed everything. It's now eating up somewhere between 60 and 70% of IT budgets. It's not giving them the results they're seeing. Why do you think that is? There's a lot of different reasons if you ask, depending on which kind of user you ask. But I think in general, we can look back now and say, okay, first of all, there was this gold rush that was caused by meaningful use and all the money being flowed into that and allowing people to buy it. And so there's this euphoria, and so there was a lot of adoption. But the way the government tried to say, to curb that was to say, you have to have these requirements, right? It has to meet these certain minimum requirements. And if we look back at them now, we look at them and go, wow, geez, these are really billing requirements. (laughs) These are all around documenting things in a way that makes it easy to bill for whatever you were doing, not really meant to help a patient or help a doctor do their job better. So we got what we asked for, which was we asked for things to be able to be documented. The whole reason for documenting was to make billing easier. And that's how EHRs really grew up. Now, I don't think a lot of people will say that, but that was the genesis of the craze. And so now we've spent the last few years trying to unwind that by adding more things around usability, adding more workflow, adding more modules to make the EHR investment more worthwhile. And so we talk a lot about now the last five years being more it's around EHR optimization, not EHR replacement. I think people have now realized I'm stuck with the devil I know. I'm going to now try to add on tools and modules and work with my vendor to try and wring more value from this massive investment I made because I really don't want to go through retraining all my docs and all my nurses on another system only to be faced with this again. So they're looking for extensions. Yeah. When you say EHR optimization, I I think that really resonates, but I I have to ask, they don't play well with others. It's been a quite a, quite a a bit of back and forth or tug of war to get those EHRs to open up and let other softwares help optimize, help integrate, help use the data, take it from the system of documentation and move it towards 
something that's actually beneficial or, or useful, something you're acting on instead of something you're just putting info into. Where do you see that tug of war easing or is it not, or is it just being forced? And basically now they have no choice. <laughs> I think, so part of it is that, yes, they're be, they are being forced because of the legislation and the, the whole thing around info blocking. You, you, but I, and the original, I blame Apple for this, by the way, and not that they consciously did this, but everyone looks at Apple and go, that's a walled garden. Look how successful they are. Look at Amazon. They're a walled garden. Look how successful they are. Um, so why can't we do the same thing with the EHR? We'll build a walled garden. Everyone has to play with my rules, my thing, and I'm not going to share my data with anybody. But even Amazon has opened up. Like even Apple has opened up and they have the orchard and they have the other vendors can sell stuff through Amazon now. And the EHR companies are going through the same renaissance. They're realizing, yeah, you know, maybe closed isn't the best. Maybe if we play nicely with others, we'll increase our own market share. We'll increase the value of our base system that's underpinning all of this stuff. So you can see that with the people like Allscripts and, and Cerner and others who are starting to really put efforts into their partnership programs and not be as arduous. And they're not charging an arm and a leg for you to participate in their, in their programs anymore. So I think they're starting to get the message. I just think it's, it, we have to unwind to almost seven years of momentum the other way. Mm -hmm. And so it's taking time. It's taking yeah. time. So one of the things that I liked about this summer was that you were trying to do, or you did do, a hundred stories around the healthcare IT scene in in a very short amount of time. Were you seeing some of these integrations and this playing well with others starting to really become apparent? Is it lip service or is it really taking place? I think it's hit and miss. So first of all, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. We tried because of COVID and the downturn. One of the things we wanted to do was be help boost the community. And so we committed ourselves to doing 100 interviews and 100 stories of health IT vendors in, in basically 100 days. So it's like a, an interview a day. So it took us a little bit longer because we did we started doing more videos at the end there. So that takes a lot longer to produce. But yeah, we were pretty successful. But what that did was essentially replace all the meetings we would have one-on-one -on -one at conferences, right? Just bumping into people and talking to them. This was our sort of virtual way. And yeah, what we did here was we heard mixed progress. So there were certainly some stories around people complaining about a particular vendor who would not release their data, and it was really hard still. Uh, and then we heard other stories uh, about some other vendors, and I'll name them, you know, Allscripts being one, Greenway being another, Athena, and, and then Cerner, going, hey, we're, we're, progress is being made. Like They are actually sharing the data, not to the level we want yet, but no longer is it completely walled off. There are APIs, they're publishing stuff with Fire, they're doing some things now, they're part of these consortiums and through Commonwealth and through other things, data is now starting to flow. So there are pockets of movement and I think there was general optimism from the vendors who were looking to integrate to say, this is coming. It is now starting to loosen up. Yeah. So we talked about telehealth being that next or that technology that's now the most important to that. But you just brought up that because these other larger EHRs are opening things up, there's now this chance for all these other technologies to collaborate outside of that. So where it, setting telehealth aside as, okay, that was the, the big innovation that got pushed. 10 years of innovation or restrictions were removed to make that happen. What's next? What's on the horizon? What, what do you see being most exciting now that, now that things are starting to become a true ecosystem of technologies? Well, one of the biggest challenges still is data. 
So data harmonization. So now that we have all these data sources and places where data resides, the challenge for, for hospitals in particular is how do I bring all that data together? So we hear a lot more now talk about data lakes and data analytics and normalization of data and translations and all those kinds of things. And that is where I see a lot of work being done or needing to be done in the next few years is, okay, we've implemented EHRs, we've implemented telehealth, we've implemented a new lab system. Now, how do we bring it all together to build that comprehensive longitudinal view of the of my, either my own operations or the longitudinal view ultimately of a patient that we really want? And uh, that's where I see a lot of investment coming. Yeah. When you gather all this data, how do you make it actionable or how do you get it into the right hands of the right people at the right time. I don't want to necessarily toot our own horn, but I feel like that's something that Tiger Connect has, has done a really good job of positioning ourselves in that we can pull the lab results. We can pull the data from the HR through through our partnerships and through our custom built ways. I think there's a there's something to be said that giving someone a central place where they can see everything they need to see it when they need to see it and then be able to communicate that to the other folks. That's really what we talk about when we talk about a connected care team. Because I, I love the angle of the IT professionals. And we interviewed Sandra Collini from Salinas in a previous episode. And she talked about how she was excited to get this rolled out. And she had trepidation at first. But from the IT perspective, she just wasn't sure that this was going to be something that was easily adopted amongst physicians. I think the IT professionals get it. So I wonder what your perspective is for the physicians first and then and other care members on the team. And then also what your perspective is on what this means ultimately for the patient. So I guess we can take those as, as two, two, two questions. Yeah, IT people got excited about data lakes and data integration and the fact that everything is normalized and nicely done in a cube that they can analyze the heck out of. But for the end user, that doesn't really mean anything. And that's data consolidation is the first step towards implementing what people really want, which is these new AI-powered and machine learning-powered technologies, the most common being chatbots. Why, have, why answer the same question a thousand times with a phone agent or my nurse when I could use a chatbot to answer most of it, and then the nurse is just handling the, the top end, the, the most you know, strangest problems, the most extreme use cases, right? So people want to get there because they've now realized, oh, like a chatbot's cool. Like it, it, it helps answer the questions from a patient. It provides a patient, better patient experience. I want that technology. And they, they go and look at a tool and then they go, oh, wait a minute, I don't have the data to back that up yet. <laughs> I haven't got the data source for the drive this. So I need to do that as a first step. What this means for a patient is I think once all of this stuff starts to come together, they're going to really see a big difference in the convenience and the ability to connect uh, whenever, however they want to care providers. So they might not know they're talking with a chatbot for the first part of the conversation, but it's using their answers to funnel them to the right person so that when the live person does get on, they're getting the right answers right away. Who wouldn't want that? As a patient, I want that. I'd rather do right. that than spend five hours on the phone. But if you tell me I have a chatbot, I might get upset. But if I just interact with you via text or via you know whatever app I'm using, and I suddenly end up at the right person, I'll be like, wow, great. Like I'm glad that worked. Right? <laughs> um, and same thing on the provider side. I think there it's much more about making it easy for them not to connect with an AI, but to connect with the right person. So if I've got uh, a patient 
that I've not seen this type of condition before, or I need something looked up. Maybe there's an AI sitting back behind there that's going, oh, here, here's some of the latest literature for you already, or based on a prior pattern, here's something that might be useful for you. I think people are getting excited about that type of technology from the provider side. So it's all about connecting, and it's all about just uh, empowering that workflow to make it much more efficient. Yeah, yeah. And I love how you've connected all of that across IT to physicians, to patients. I, I, I think I want to ask, just go back a little bit to where we were talking about EHR is not giving the physicians, and it didn't make their lives easier. It, it made it harder. And I think, how do we find those technologies that make their lives easier? Because certainly IT professionals want something that's easy to implement and that is easily adopted. But the, and and like you said, there were building requirements for the HR, but we didn't ask, how does it actually make the physician's life easier? Where are you seeing those technologies that are making physicians' lives easier or the nursing lives easier or even the admin staff for admissions or, or uh, discharge across the board for that continuum of care from the moment a patient walks in to they leave? What is making the people that give them their care, what's making their lives easier? Yeah, one of the biggest ones that I'm excited about, and we'll start to see some of that, I think, in 2021, is voice really making uh, inroads finally in healthcare. So voice-controlled EHRs, right? So instead of typing, I can speak to the EHR and it would enter the data for me. Or maybe it's ambient voice where it can tease apart a conversation between the patient and the provider and the physician and enter that somehow into the EHR. That would be ultimately a great time saver where I'm not sitting at night as a physician entering all of the, the notes that I took during the visits. And also it would improve patient experience where I'm not looking at the screen and not looking at the patient, which is common nowadays with, with them looking at the screen more than they are looking at the patient in the room with them. So I think voice technology holds the promise of really bringing the potential of EHRs to where doctors thought they would be when they implemented them hey, this is so easy. I just have to talk. The room listens to me. I, all this stuff is magically entered. I don't do anything else. I'm done. That is one of the technologies that could get us there. Other than that, I think it's a lot of what I call connectivity. It's connecting me with the right person who has that information. So can I speak with my patients in an easy way? Can I speak to my fellow physicians? Can I speak to a specialist? Can I talk to an expert? Can I talk to the lab? in an easy, quick manner, and then have that all tracked in one place. Is that in, And then I want to use whatever method I want. Sometimes it's a phone call, sometimes it's voice, sometimes, sorry, sometimes it's text, sometimes it's a direct message, maybe it's a fax if it's like in a far-reaching rural area. I want that all seamless. I just want to be able to, I want to use my app. I don't care the fact that you're using a fax machine on the other side to, to communicate with me. That would make it a lot easier because right now we're asking people to conform to the medium oh, no, you have to use an app to talk to that physician. Oh, you have to use text to talk to that one. I don't care. Just give me one place to, to communicate. And that's another piece of technology that I think people are now waking up and realizing that over the years I've implemented five-point solutions for the various problems. Now I want one. And that, I think, those are the kinds of things that will make those lives, their lives a lot easier. It's not really to revamp everything. It's more these small things around the annoying things of having to use seven different systems and or to have to go to multiple different places to get the information. Those are the things that I think will make the workflow and the, the their lives much better. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's part of the mission that we have here is to do that, is to really just make it make the information flow and make make their lives easier. I think it's super poignant, though, or super uh, important to point out that you mentioned facts. And I guess we've already talked about the future. Maybe we need to end by looking a little bit at the past uh, or the present, if you will. There are still people, there are still many systems using faxes and using uh, pagers and using hard-lined uh, nurse call systems and using on-prem like servers that have to be updated. And other industries have moved towards the cloud. Other industries have moved towards mobile versus desktop or offline or wireless versus hard-lined. What, where do you see the barriers? Telehealth, we needed COVID to make telehealth billable and adoptable. We needed a... a law passed at the federal level to mandate EHRs being integrated. What is, what's the holdup? What, why, where are you, what do you think is causing these organizations to not embrace the technology? So in, it's going to sound really odd because I am totally in the ax to facts camp, but having spent some time talking to people who use those technologies for it's it comes down to one simple thing. It works like integration is tough the cheapest form of integration is a fax machine or a piece of paper, right? There's no, it's so well ingrained. It's so cheap to use that as the form of transferring information that you go, if I can't afford anything else, this is the best I've got. So fax technology, I think, is not going to go anywhere. It may change its form. We're not going to have fax machines anymore, but we may be using fax protocols. We may be using those kinds of direct messaging and, and it will say fax, but really it's electronic. It's a protected email or a protected message that's going across so I don't think fax, unfortunately, is going anywhere. I think it may morph and change. We're not using an actual physical machine. But the reason why people haven't moved on is because it, it works, right? And in a very remote situation, are you really going to implement and then put in the Wi-Fi? They can't even get internet up there, like in some northern places of Alaska. So what do you got? You got a hard line, right? And the other thing about pagers, I have done some interviews recently with companies that are still in that business. The fact is that in most basements, Wi-Fi still doesn't work. And so you have to have a hard connection, an Ethernet connection for your computer. And what happens when you try to make a call? The only thing that goes through those brick walls is a paging frequency, right? Because they're much higher frequencies than even uh, G, even uh, uh, 5G. So the thing is, it works. But hopefully, as we adopt more of the other types of tools, we'll push those more and more to the edge. So it'll be much more edge case. Mm. And I think that's happening. You just look at the number of pages that are used today versus before, it's starting to decline. It's not as much as it was years ago. The number of fax machines is declining. It's just slow. So... I'm okay with that. I've come to rec I've come to the acceptance level of that. I think it's okay mm -hmm. that we still have those things because if they're serving their purpose and they're working and they're cheap, then there's other fish to fry. I think that we need to that we can go after. Yeah, and and I guess two of the things you said were physical location and rural is definitely one of the things that we have to contemplate. In some ways, technology can provide rural care in ways that we can't do normally because they don't have a hospital for a hundred miles, and so maybe the only person in that town is a nurse or a, a certified uh, individual who is connected to the hospital in some way. But I did a an interview with a health system up in Alaska, and their remote villages they just had someone who was connected to the hospital. And that was how they communicated. That person would get the advice of the doctor or get a consult, but deciding whether or not to make someone travel by plane to get back, connecting those rural environments is very crucial. And I get what you're saying totally around the, the idea that like some of these things will just have to be phased out a little more slowly until we figure out you know how to make them work. To bring it full circle, when you talk about AI in the future and you talk about uh, chatbots and you talk about all of these other technologies you're excited about, 
what ways of the past where it works are going to be the roadblocks for those things. So I think some of the roadblocks going forward is where if we don't learn our lessons is where it becomes a new form of workflow that's needed, right? I think hopefully we've learned the lesson to say, look, we need the technology to be seamless. I don't want to do anything different than I do in my normal life as a patient. I want to be able to go online and book an appointment. I want to be able to communicate via text and via other forms of communication with my doc. Uh, I want to receive information in these other formats. It's when you ask me to do something, I have to download another app. I have to go to another portal. That's where I think we'll fail, even though the technology is better, right? But it doesn't fit into the life of the patient. And likewise, inside the hospital or inside the physician's practice, when we make them adopt technology that doesn't fit into their daily routine, that's where we'll fail, even though the technology is solid. Fax has, has been around for so long, and I make fun of it, but it's been around for so long, it's ingrained in the workflow. People know what, how to use it. They know what to do. And now if you're going to replace that, if I replace it with something totally new and, and has, it forces you to make a huge change, you're going to resist it. So I think the biggest barrier is actually not nothing really to do with technology, but the failure of technology to integrate into the real life situation that these people find themselves in. So AI is probably the AI chatbot is probably the one example where it works really well because I call, I text, I email, and then I don't know that behind the scenes there's an AI chatbot take hand handling those initial parts of the conversation. It just sounds and behaves like I normally do, asking the patient to log into the AI chatbot to do something, right? right. Uh, that's why it's winning and that's why it is is being adopted so much more widely than other technologies. I think we can take that example and run with it in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a hope for the future, which is, it's always a nice way to end the conversation. I wanted to ask you one last question and then, and then thank you for your time. If there is one thing you would want our audience to walk away with, just to think about, I, I like to call it the final thought. What's that one like, like takeaway that you would say, if I were you, I would be thinking about this. What's that, what's that last thing you want them to be thinking about? So my thought is for all of the folks uh, out there who are looking at their EHR and going, man, what can we do here? My one takeaway would be like, just start with something simple. Like I think we've, we're now at a point where we need small wins, not huge victories. And I think we tried to do the huge victory method with a lot of stuff we did with over the last few years because we had to, we were forced to do that. But I think we go with the small wins, look for something that you're physician can do something easy to make their life easier and build up those small wins. To me, that's the biggest thing we can do. We've been talking about AI chatbot, text, texting, simple changes to the workflow to make it easier on the life of the physician. Those are easy wins. And so focus on a few of those. And, and I think you'll gain that momentum and the buy-in from all the audiences to go, okay, now let's keep going. Let's keep building on this. Uh, that would be my one takeaway. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you, Colin, for your time. Uh, it's been great having you on. If you haven't checked out the Healthcare IT today, you should subscribe. It's great content and keeps you up to date on everything. And, and if you haven't subscribed to us, please do. You can follow us on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and all of our other social media channels, as well as visit tigerconnect.com. Colin, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connected Care Team. To learn more about Care Team Collaboration Solutions, please visit us at tigerconnect.com and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook so you can stay connected to the latest episodes, news, and announcements.